Good morning, Creekside Church. For those of you who don't know me, I'm one of the pastors here. My name is Nathan. And let's just start off by looking at this gorgeous picture right here. Whew. How many of you guys have been to Hawaii before? Yeah, can I get a few like, woo, woo, Hawaii, yeah. Okay, vacation time, honeymoon, anniversaries. If you're planning something, go to Hawaii. It is one of the most relaxing, beautiful places you could ever go. But let's imagine for a second you're sitting down for a relaxing dinner, you know, you're at a five-star restaurant because you can afford it in this hypothetical situation. And you're sitting there and all of a sudden you hear from the ocean the word help. But not like I just said it, because if it was that wimpy, you probably wouldn't even hear it, right? But more like, help, help, like somebody screaming for help. What do you do? Well, this was not a hypothetical situation for pastor, podcast host, and author Steve Carter. When he heard those words help, he started running towards the ocean. And as he was running towards the ocean, he recognized that where the noise was coming from was a cove, and it was high tide, and it was over a cliff. And at the bottom of that cliff, in the water, was a woman drowning. She was trying to climb the wall desperately, but couldn't get a grip. And as he's running, he's praying, not on my watch, God, not on my watch. Probably thinking of Baywatch. But he's running, right? And he jumps in, and he saves her. And he brings her to shore, and he's sitting on shore with her, and he looks up at the top of that cliff, and he sees 50 people watching. Out of 50 people, only one person was willing to run and jump in to save this woman. And when I hear a story like this, I'm one amazed by the heroics of Steve Carter. But I'm also a little angry, as some of you guys both all like shook your head like, 50 people, seriously? 50 people. But then, because this is how my mind works, I take it a step further and I think, who am I in this story. And I feel like we all have to answer that question. Am I the one drowning? Am I the one desperately needing to cry out for help? Am I the one just watching because honestly I'm too lazy or maybe I just don't want to get my clothes wet to jump in? It's too messy. Or maybe, just maybe, I'm the one that's willing to jump in to save a person because I recognize there's something within me that has that power to save them. Who are you in this story? And we all have to answer that question. Because whether we believe it or not, this story does relate to our faith. Because within all of us, we have the power to save the people around us. And that power is the gospel of Jesus Christ. And it is the message that the world needs to know and has the power to save our friends, family members, and neighbors. And we are desperate to know the truth and power of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And there are people all around the world who have not heard this news because we are unwilling to jump in. 
And last week, we heard a powerful message from George Walker about going to Papua New Guinea to evangelize and plant a church with a tribe of people who had never heard the gospel before. And at the end of that sermon, he left us with some questions that honestly have haunted me. And one of those questions was a man who found out that Jesus died over 2,000 years ago, and yet he was just hearing the message for the first time. And this was his question. He came up to George and asked, you mean to tell me you've had this message for that long? Why are we just hearing about it now? And yes, this is true for people all around the world, but it's also true for people in the supermarket. It's true for people at your jobs. It's true for people in your own neighborhoods. Some people have never heard the good news of Jesus Christ. And we are the vessels of God to bring that good news. We are made in God's image. Jesus saved us, and we're called to mirror Jesus in our lives. And Jesus took every chance to love the people around him. And if we're going to be called followers of Jesus, we're meant to mirror him too. And so we should probably jump into scripture and read a story about something that Jesus does. So if you have your Bibles, I would encourage you to turn your Bibles to Matthew 9. And we're going to read 10 through 13. Matthew 9, 10 through 13. It'll also be on the screen. While Jesus was having dinner at Matthew's house, many tax collectors and sinners came and ate with him and his disciples. When the Pharisees, the religious people of the day, saw this, they asked his disciples, why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? On hearing this, Jesus said, It is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. But go and learn what this means. I desire mercy, not sacrifice. For I have not come to call the righteous, but the sinners. This is beautiful. Jesus' habits made the religious people of the day ask this question. Why does your teacher eat and drink with tax collectors? That's powerful. Are our habits mirroring the goodness, the joy, the peace, and love of Jesus Christ? Because if we are called to be missional people, if we're called to love our neighbors, we have to adopt a new set of habits to be like Jesus. So as we jump in and talk about these habits, let's pray that God would prepare our hearts and minds. God, I pray that as we go through these habits, as we go through what you call us to do for the people around us and for ourselves, that you would prepare a way. That we would not have a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and self-control. In Jesus' name, amen. My senior year in college, I had the privilege of going through a program called Forge. Forge Sacramento is um, titled, and their like tagline is, we train women and men to live as missionaries in the places they already live, work, and play. It's kind of fun. It's basically you learn how to be Jesus anywhere you are at any time. 
And one of the books we had to read for this program was called Surprise the World. And obviously it says the five habits of highly missional people, so we're going to be talking about those five habits today. But the premise of the book is you surprise the world by living questionable lives. And before you go, oh, that sounds sketchy, living questionable lives like Jesus did, okay? Don't uh, just run with your imagination. Living questionable lives will lead us to be hospitable, uh, gracious, loving, and spirit-led, Christ-like, and it will make us realize that our mission is to surprise the world. Because the news of Jesus Christ is good news, especially since the world around us thinks that the good news that they can find that fills that void in their heart is found in sex, money, and power. But Jesus is the one that can fill that void in our hearts. And the thing I love about Jesus so much is that Jesus saw those people pursuing sex, money, and power. And he said, those are the people that I will love. Those are the people that I'm going to sit with. He sat with prostitutes. He sat with, or sat with tax collectors. And he loved them so much that the religious people of the day were like, what is wrong with that guy? Do our lives near that? Do our lives show that we even have friends outside of our church circles or outside of our Christian circles? Are we living like Jesus calls us to live? And if we are, we have to adopt a new set of habits. And these habits are pretty easy to memorize, especially if you like music or Christmas time, because it's bells, like jingle bells, the bells ding, ding. Bells sounds for bless, eat, listen, learn, scent. And so let's just jump in. The first habit is to bless the people around you. Seems pretty simple. The definition of bless is to literally love someone, encourage them, to seek their greater good above your own, to make sure that they leave a conversation feeling like, man, I am important. Man, I did something well. How do we do this? Words of affirmation. Say something nice about someone who's doing something good. Acts of kindness. If you see someone struggling, run over and help them. It brightens people's days. Or gifts. Gifts are always a good idea for anyone. <laughs> and Jesus did this constantly for people. In fact, his greatest gift was to lay down his life for us, right? But he also sat and ate and drank with sinners, and he would sit and eat with us. And that's why the next habit is eat. Now, some of us may be going, okay, why eat? Why is this even important to be on the list of habits to be like Jesus? Well, let's do a quick quiz that I'm not really going to let you guys answer. But it's how do you complete the following sentence? The son of man came, dot, dot, dot. How would you complete that sentence? Well, some of you might think of Mark 10, 45. The son of man came to be, or not to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. Maybe you think of that verse, but maybe you think of Luke 19.10. The Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. 
But the verse I personally like, because one goes with this subject, and two, it's just kind of fun, is the Son of Man came eating and drinking. Am I right? We can, yeah, we can celebrate that a little bit. Jesus understood that something powerful happens around a table. He understood that when people gather together, there is power in that moment. And I love how surprised the world puts it. It says this, when we eat together, we discover the inherent humanity of all people. We share stories and hopes and fears and disappointments. People open up to each other, and we ourselves open up to share the same things. The question then becomes, what are you opening up about? Do you know when the Holy Spirit is prompting your heart to say something? And that's why we have to set time aside. I think every day, the book says once a week, to listen for God's voice. Listen for the Spirit to lead us. Listen is vital to creating a habit where we can understand what God wants us to do next. And I would recommend a weekly, um, daily habit of taking five minutes. Y'all may think you have no time. You have five minutes to pray to the God of the universe. You have five minutes to sit in silence and solitude before God and just dwell in his presence. Jesus did this. And we should mirror Jesus in this example. So to do this, I would recommend you set time aside, a designated time, Eliminate distractions because distractions happen all the time. Present yourself before God. Don't come with needs. Don't come. Well, you can, but in this moment where you're just trying to listen, just be calm. Let God in. Say, God, I abandon everything to you, and I just need you here now. I need you, and that's it. And then after that, follow God's promptings. And some of us may be intimidated by hearing follow God's promptings because, man, our minds are crazy and we think things all the time and we think we're hearing from God, but literally we're not. And that's where the next habit is vitally important. We are to learn about Jesus because God's promptings will always lead us to be more like Jesus. And so as we learn about Jesus, as we sit with the Gospels and we begin to understand why Jesus did what he did, we are then able to articulate why Jesus is our hope, why Jesus is our joy, why even when things are hard, we can come to Jesus and say, Jesus, you died on the cross, you suffered, you are with me in my suffering. We can learn this from the life of Jesus. And so if you're curious about where to learn about Jesus from other than the four Gospels, I would recommend jumping on our website and going to a discipleship plan. And if you have your phones, pull them out, scan the QR code. It will take you to a discipleship plan called 12. And in 12, it runs through an encounter with Jesus and understanding the questions that Jesus asked and how they apply to us today. So I highly recommend you jump into that because as we learn about Jesus, we recognize that he calls us to be like him. He calls us to go and make disciples because the final habit is that we are 
sent. And if you didn't get the QR code, don't worry. Come up to me after service and I'll let you know where to find it. If our purpose is to love God and love others, then every single Christian in the world is meant to be sent. Now, I'm not saying that you're meant to go door to door and evangelize. No, what I mean is in your very actions, how you walk into a situation, are you being a presence of Jesus in that situation? Because our purpose is to seek reconciliation, to seek justice, to seek beauty, and to seek wholeness. And when we do those four things, we are being Jesus in situations, but we're also pointing people to Jesus. When we are willing to forgive people, we are showing the forgiveness that we have had from Jesus. When we pursue the greatest good for another, we are seeking justice like God sought justice for us. When we seek beauty and we point it out, we are showing that God is amazing and creates beautiful things. And when we seek wholeness, we are showing that Jesus is the only way to wholeness. And this process is about winning people for the kingdom of God. Actually, it's, sorry, I said that wrong. This process is not about winning people for the kingdom of God. It is about showing Jesus in every situation so that we can love people and that they are curious about the Jesus we serve. It is not about winning anyone. We do not pursue relationships with people just to be like, yeah, I got a point on my scorecard for Jesus. No, by loving someone, you are showing them who Jesus is. That is the most important thing we can do. And in this process, we can only do it if we seek accountability, if we seek it in community. Because if we're honest, we'll try a couple times, and if we're rejected, we're done. But if we're in a community where people are building us up and encouraging us to go, or we're doing it as a community, we can do this together. And here at Creekside, we do this through our Sunday services. We do it through serving with one another. We do it through serving the homeless. But we also do it through our groups. And so I would love at this time to invite up two people who are our group, two group leaders to explain what they are doing with their own groups. So can you guys give a warm welcome to Libby Slider and <coughs> Andrew. Come on up, Andrew. <laughs> Andrew Higgins, sorry. I forgot your last name for a second. Yeah, so you guys can grab the stools. Yeah, just go right there. Yeah, go ahead and take a seat. Can you guys give it up for them for uh, volunteering for this right here? So Libby, I'm going to have you go first. Okay. All right. All right. So Libby, how are you? The mic is off. Test. Okay. Thanks, guys. How are you blessing and sharing a meal with your community? Yeah, so thanks for that warm welcome. Um, I, I'm Libby, and I'm part of a pretty robust group. Um, we have about nine families and I think about a thousand kids, so it's been pretty great. Um, we, I, I just want to say before I actually your question that in preparing today, can I read a scripture? It just like really resonated yeah. with me in that. Um, 
So preparing for today, I thought, okay, what is it and how has God really equipped our group and brought us together? And um, I just came upon, you know how that happens, like you're flipping through and you just come upon a verse that just really speaks to you. So this is Romans uh, 12, 9 through 13. Don't just pretend to love others, really love them. Hate what is wrong, hold tightly to what is good. Love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other. Never be lazy, but work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically. Rejoice in your confident hope. Be patient in trouble and keep on praying. When God's people are in need, be ready to help them. Always be eager to practice hospitality. Um, so that verse just really stuck out to me. Um, I think our group is really great at eating together. <laughs> um, we have uh, some cooks, some bakers, and some bartenders amongst us. And um, within that group, we're able to um, serve different neighborhoods, actually, because we um, rotate our homes. The hosts are in Newcastle and Loomis and Roseville, and we're able to invite neighbors from all areas. And um, we see that being a real blessing to the community. And it's just been really great to bring in um, just people from all areas. And it just starts with that one invitation. Um, so in terms of the blessing, um, that has been a really deep and rich experience for us. Um, I've witnessed people in our group um, just literally be the hands and feet of Jesus to people also within our group but also outside of our group in our community um, from, you know, walking people through health scares and deep-rooted fears and um, hardships and all the things. Um, but people serve with meals and housing and that dedicated time for connection. So I just see people within the group really serving um, like Jesus has called us to. Um, and it's left us with great, rich relationships and um, really just, I think, lifelong, excuse me, lifelong friendships. I get, like, emotional thinking about it um, because it's been really a true blessing, I think, to all of us in the group. So that all being said, um, I think that's great and everything, but where did it start? Because we weren't always that close. Um, so it started from just a random chance occurrence, right? Just a chance coincident occurrence um, at restaurants and bars and elementary schools and country clubs. Um, and it just took us being, well, God put this in our heart, obviously. It's not from us. Um, but the Lord provided us with these situations to have open eyes to people in need and people looking for a community. So I think with that, I just, I would almost challenge you guys to um, look for opportunities and look for people who are looking to get plugged in um, and ways that you can bless and serve. Love it. Love it. Thank you for sharing. Can you guys, come on. Come on. That was a great answer. Andrew, once again, I'm sorry, I forgot your last name just a second ago. Uh, this is Andrew Higgins right here. And how is your group seeking to grow in the ways of Jesus? 
Um, yeah, so, I mean, I guess the simple answer is we're getting in the word and we're loving on each other. Um, but I think we are super fortunate um, as we were, he kind of prompted us on this, so it's not like I'm spitballing here. We, get, we got some time to think about this. Um, our group's super fortunate. I want to brag on like the Sanchez's who are in our group. And if you guys remember um, during Advent season, um, Anne Sanchez and Chelsea as well were kind of leading us through those moments of pause and like slowing down. Um, and they are really good about encouraging us to continue that practice in our small group times and our Bible study times. And I need a lot of that because I am not inherently good at that of just like slowing down. It's like, all right, we got kids to get home to. We got all these things we're thinking about. We got like a million things. We could be our minds going all these places, but really making space to slow down, read a passage that you've probably already read a hundred times, but like, let's read it three times tonight really slowly and like think about this word, uh, about these words and give it the, the honor and respect it deserves and what is God trying to say to us right now and giving, giving time and space for everybody to process that differently and then I'll share like what's standing out to you tonight, what's, you know, what words or phrases are sticking out and making time to talk about those things and just how God is speaking different things to different people and sharing that. And sometimes I'm real quiet. Sometimes I'm talking more. Sometimes other people are real chatty. And it's just, you know, God's working things out through different people at different times. And getting to hear that through everybody is is a blessing, is um, how I feel like I'm learning the most from other people's experiences through their trials and them staying consistent with God and what he's teaching them. And that preps my own heart and my own mind for when I'm facing a trial or something like that. Um, so I think, you know, bragging on the Sanchez is a little bit, but like, I think that format has helped us a little bit of just really slowing down and taking time to think about these things, even if it's a passage we've gone through. We're currently going through another one of those, uh, discipleship contents. If you go to the Creekside website, there's 15 of those or something like that. Um, where the men with our men and women meet separately midweek, um, for our Bible study time. And the men are going through the one that's, it's called uh, As We Pray or something like that. Um, and it actually lines up really well with what the kids are going through this summer. They're going through the Lord's Prayer. And we're going through that as well. And I feel like I say it when I'm leading or like as we're discussing that it's, we've all probably heard the Lord's Prayer a hundred, maybe a thousand times. But like there's still these truths that we can slow down and think through. And like this last week we were talking about the Lord's will probably these words that we say a lot and think through, but slowing down, giving it the time of day to see what he's teaching us in this new season of life. Sweet. Can you guys give it up for Andrew and Libby? Thank you guys for coming up. Appreciate you both so much. We can be louder for them too, you know, I mean, like, they volunteered to come up and do this. I didn't pay them or anything, so can you guys give it up for them one more time? So that's what we're doing here at Creekside, to reach our communities, through our groups, trying to grow in the ways of Jesus so that we can love the people around us. I was thinking a second ago about what I said about it's not about winning people for the kingdom of God, and I want to clarify something. I did not mean that we don't 
try to love people so that they see Jesus. I was trying to say that our goal in loving people is to love people because Jesus loved people. Honestly, our neighbors, our friends, and our family can tell when we're only in the relationship because of our religion. We should pursue people because God encourages us to seek them, to love him first, and out of the overflow of his love for us, we love others. That's the point of this. See, when we bless people, we become more generous. When we eat with people, we become more hospitable. When we listen to the Holy Spirit, we become spirit-led. When we learn about Jesus, we learn who we truly are and who we're called to be. And when we recognize the fact that we're sent, we will be willing to jump in and save the people around us. I want to bring us back to this story. Because when I hear the story, I think of the first question I asked earlier, but then I think of another question. Who do I want to be in this story? Who do you want to be in this story? Let's be the people that jump in. Let's be the people that are like Jesus who sacrificed everything so that we could have life. That would mean that we would have to pause our social status, pause our power, pause our image to love the people around us, but it's so worth it because that's what Jesus calls us to do. We are called to lay down our lives for our neighbors, bear one another's burdens, and it's not as hard as we think because Jesus came eating and drinking. And this is how we bless people. This is how we eat with people. This is how we listen to the Spirit. This is how we learn about Jesus. And this is how we recognize that we're sent. We are willing to invite people around a table to love on them the way that Jesus loved them. Let's pray that we can be a people and a place where God's love is shown beyond these walls. God, as we close out the service and the worship band comes up. I want to say thank you for what you're doing through our groups. Lord, thank you for what you're doing through our men's ministry, through nurture, through gathering in, through youth, through the kids' ministry, through everything, God. But I pray, Lord, that you would be our focus as we do these things. And so, Lord, I, I just want to pray over our entire church people online and people here, Lord, I want to pray Colossians 3, 16 through 17 over our church. Let the word of Christ dwell in us richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in our hearts to God. And whatever we do in word or deed, Lord, help us do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Giving thanks to God the Father, for through him we have eternal salvation. In Jesus' name, amen.